Welcome back to Make My Day Podcast. This is Luke Capriti here. Really excited about catching up with these two guys, Winston and George. Uh, Winston, I know you're just waking up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your bright, beautiful morning? Um, well, right now it's a, a clear day, blue skies, sunny. Um, should be about 70 degrees. And uh, I don't know. The traffic should be all right. We, uh, I think a, a day or two ago was the uh, the Rams parade for their uh, Super Bowl performance. Okay. So uh should be a good weekend. Yeah. Nice. Hey, George. How about you, George? Yeah. Uh, that, that's funny because I just looked at our weather here in Jersey. We've got, uh, you know, clear skies of 30 degrees and possible snow later today. So that's great. That's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> about the I'll same forecast, right? Like, uh, I love the snow, though, but um, I'm, I'm ready for some warmer days now. But no, it's... Um, been good been very busy as always I'm, I'm sure we all are i'm very excited to catch up with you guys it's been uh way too long and just curious to see how you're you guys are doing with all your lives but um uh been making a lot been planning a lot uh and uh yeah we'll, we'll get into it but how have you been luke <laughs> um i've been doing good i've been uh balancing i've been getting better at balancing and organizing um everything i know we use trello to kind of hold this podcast together um we've talked in the past about you know calendars i think in a couple different apps that um some of us may have might have used and i think i finally started to find some things that are working for me and um with that i've been able to do a lot more um i'm not really uh putting out too much on the social media platforms. Um, I do still struggle with that, but um, I'm having fun like learning a lot of different things while still being at my constant high stress level. So uh, <laughs> overall, uh, I think though I'm doing good. I've learned a lot with the past like couple of months uh, since I've been working on those sets and the stages yeah. and everything. And um, yeah, just trying to do like little things here and there that are more that like cutting board stuff, um, which I'm glad that I'm not solely focused on that anymore. So yeah, from the maker side of things, definitely uh, doing pretty good. Uh oh, might have just lost Winston. We might have lost Winston there, but that, that that's he'll pretty be back. cool. Yeah, he'll be back. His Wi-Fi just probably dropped that real quick. But <laughs> I I've been following your set build on Instagram. I think that's that's <laughs> so cool. I I also really um, feel what you're saying about like trying to keep posting there, there's so many platforms like tiktok and instagram and and i've chosen okay commit to youtube and try to do the best i can across the others um and i mean even everybody else says like re recreate your content right like oh yeah make one long video cut the shorts it takes so much time it's not even funny to make a short out of like a long video you know what i mean and um uh, and, and posting pictures, you you can't overpost because then people will be like, you know, like unsubscribe. That's too many posts of pictures <laughs> on Instagram. And it's just such a complicated uh, world to, to kind of get it right. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of lean towards uh, posting pictures two to three times a week. I try to aim for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to be really heavy on my stories. Like I, I follow I think stories is like the way to build the personal connection better with people so like you know you don't need a like or, or subscribe it's just hey just you know talking to you this is my how my day is going if you're interested you watch through and i it's cool because you could see the number of people that view if you do like three stories in a row you could see like you know how many of them actually followed all three stories and that's how like good of a job you're doing connecting with those people mm -hmm. um that that's kind of I've been enjoying the stories probably most out of like all the different posts and having to like analyze, oh man, that wasn't enough likes this time. That, that, that post must've been crap because you know, they didn't get an extra 10 people to click this stupid button, which absolutely is not true. Right. I mean, it's just where our minds end up going yeah. with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. With, when, I know we were kind of talking. <laughs> yeah. But I just real quick, George, I think the um, reels and stories is what people want that just like quick engagement um, I think uh, we're going to start seeing like a phasing out almost of these pictures and that that AI or something is going to start grabbing and that your profile will be like almost made up from screen grabs that they find. Um, you know, I, I just I wonder if that's kind of what we're going towards, because, yeah, like I post pictures for myself almost as like uh, I use Google Photos. I used to use Amazon Photos as like a backup. 
but I see it as like when I go on Instagram, it's kind of cool to see the set building itself in a way. In a way, it's like stop yeah. motion. I don't post enough for it to be that way, but I think it's cool. Um, Maui's page, like I like to see when <laughs> he was like Maui's a puppy, <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, look, he can do these different things. So I see the profile and the posts a lot, like kind of just a moment in time that was important, yeah, yeah. and people seem to be over that for the most part, and just like to scroll through stories and reels and um, something funny or really cool in those things. Well, it, it, it goes back to like the actual platforms, right? They, it, it goes back to them wanting the people to be on the most amount of time mm-hmm. and a video can be 60 seconds when a picture is the millisecond or a second or whatever it ends up being like a quick flash through. So, so that's, that's their goal. Although I think that'll change because realistically that doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah. They're more, more time on your platform. And I know that gets you advertisements and stuff, but, um, you know, I still love when somebody takes like a crazy awesome picture and it's like like highlights all the details that you can't get in a video. The video is entertaining, um, but I, I hope there's still a world for the picture side of it at yeah. all. Um, I, I'm with well, you there. I hope there's definitely pictures. And I, I like that, too, that because I don't I feel I don't use social media the way it's commonly used. And um, that's where getting into that whole topic we were wanting to discuss about you know, what should we do as things, trends and um, all that change. It's kind of like, oh man, if you're not using it the way your followers or friends or whoever are using it, then that also can change things. Um, Yeah, like you're just getting more into stories now, whereas I've been more focused in stories. And Winston, I feel like you've done a good job of kind of like uh, structuring and organizing like, hey, I post these things and I story this stuff. Um, Especially when you like, go after a united or american <laughs> i love <laughs> those that. are my favorite of his honestly <laughs> the tray yeah so it's it comes down to like what's so first off my instagram isn't i think the best example of how it could be done um because when i think of how most people or like creators at the the top end do it um when you look through their profile, it's it's kind of like a, a repository, an archive, right? Um, like it's it's kind of their their fingerprint on the world. Like these are key moments that they've um, like like super important things that they've done, or even just like hey, this is like a cool thing that I'm doing today. Um, maybe like monumental, may not be, but it's still like cool to look back on and be like, oh, like look at these milestones. Um, for me, there's a lot of like work in progress stuff, things that like when you like one day when I retire and I look back on it, there are going to be a lot of moments that I'm like, what, what was I doing? Then? <laughs> like they're, they're not so memorable, but they like, I might've just thought like, oh, that's a cool piece of information to share. And so I don't really curate my, uh, posts, um, nearly as well as I think I should, hmm. um, because like some of those things, they're just like informational tidbits, like facts of the day. And they don't really stick with me. Like if I go back and I look through my profile, the the pictures aren't all interesting. They don't capture necessarily, um, like they won't capture someone's attention when they scroll through. They'll be like, oh, that's a cool post. That's a boring post, boring post, boring post. Cool picture, boring, boring, boring. Like when you look through it and you scroll through it, there's a lot of like partially finished pieces where if you don't read the caption you get no value from it so from a visual perspective it's not exactly like um packed full of content and designed to capture your attention um the i do think i do an okay job of putting to stories what i think would be like a temporary just like hey this is something cool i'm doing uh and in that sense i feel like i understand what stories are for they're non-permanent they're transient like So I I put the little like mundane everyday content there. Um, But in terms of the the posts that are uh, proudly displayed on my profile, um, it may not necessarily be like super like high octane content. Do you use storyboards, Um, you know, that that, like on your profile where you have like the like the chain of stories uh, highlight the story highlights, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't do a good job of that either. They're just like. Uh, I think I have one for like fusion bugs or something yeah, just yeah. as I get stories I'm like hmm, I should remember this and 
that's mainly just so I can hold Autodesk's feet to the fire. Um, <laughs> but the I think there's there's a there's an opposite point of view here though, which is that if you've created an audience um, just on your style of content, you don't necessarily need to deviate so much. You probably won't see explosive viral growth, but it's also like you have an audience for what you do. Like there are plenty of people I follow. They only have a couple hundred, couple thousand, uh, thousand followers, and like their content is is kind of niche, but I love it. And so like I don't mind that their style isn't mainstream. Like, um, and there's a lot of my followers who like I know like my post wasn't the most exciting, but they give it a like, and I'm like that's my core audience. So. As much as it'd be cool to see that growth, um, I think you still also have to keep in mind that like there, there's a certain element to what makes your content yours, yeah. and you shouldn't abandon that uh, fully in the the pursuit of uh, growth. I um, I think I, I love that what you're saying there because I think there's I think we have to stay true to that, and I think that there's a mix like. I honestly think the Mr. B style is, I hate it. I hate to say that, but like it's, it's so, it's so committed to short retention giving into the fact that, Oh, we, we need to have a new scene every three seconds. And like, it's, and I can't imagine why anybody would enjoy that as, as a video creator. Cause it's just like new information, new information, new information. And at the end of the day, do you anything, do you know anything about Mr. Beast? Like in his personal life? Absolutely nothing. Right. There's no personal connection. It's just purely entertainment. And and that's his style. But um, it's it's entertainment, but it's also relentless. Yes. Like he has weaponized that format, you know, but he's weaponized it. And it's it's big. It's all. And I, I like to do big, you know, shiny things, too. But like, it's just big. And I don't think that necessarily translates to quality um, that you want to kind of like i don't want to go back and watch his videos after i've seen it once to like learn you don't really learn anything education wise but on the other hand if you go and see you know makers within our space if you listen to uh like the i like to make stuff uh podcast with jimmy dress and all of them uh what's that podcast called just slipped my mind making making it right or any of the other big makers out there they're all commenting on how their viewership is down and that's because they're doing traditional more, you know, hey, I made this step by step and it's not, you know, I think there has to be a point where you meet in the middle. And I was just watching today and honestly, I never I never watch this channel often, but they're killing it. Evan and Caitlin, right? They their channel has grown and their viewership is in the hundreds of thousands after they post within 24 hours. And they're not doing flashy big stuff. They have a lot of on-screen time where they're talking to their audience and you're connecting with them. That's there's like a secret to what they're doing, I think, of like the next level cuz cuz they do keep it a little bit more engaging, it's a little bit more of a different style. Um I don't know if I'd call it like it's not vlogging, it's just like a lot more on-screen time and actually talking, connecting with their viewers. And I, I want to learn more about how they do that. I just hey finished my project for the Harry Potter uh, chess pieces made of epoxy resin, which I've been wanting to make that forever, right? And like, and I'm so happy I finally made it. And then I, I tried to, I didn't want to take away the making process from the video, even though I know nobody in, you know, nobody's watching that to, to learn how to make a Harry Potter chess piece small and pour epoxy. And, and that's why I had to put more of a story to it and um, try to, you know, try to make it a little bit, more engaging and get like Fred Weasley to play me in a game of chess and kind of put that into it. Um, and I'm still experimenting cause that I got a lot of really great feedback from again, core audience, but it wasn't um, a huge amount of growth yet. So I guess it's, it's, it's tough. Like trying to find that, you know, you, you want to keep, you want your core audience and you want to keep growing. And I don't want to give in to having to take out, Matthew Beam is a great example of this, actually. Matt, do you guys uh, know the Matthew Beam channel? So he re he makes pretty awesome stuff with like a team of his buddies that are engineers. Um, and I used to watch him in his earlier days. 
and he used to do like more like funnier skits uh, before that too. But because he wanted to grow to like more than a million subscribers, and he did it really really fast, he like cut out the complete making process. It's like he just built like a giant thing for this big YouTuber, and you hardly see anything about how it was done, and it's all about hey, we made this and we got it delivered and that, that was awesome and, and that's it. And you learn nothing and it's it's the entertainment side but completely cuts out like the making process, which I never want to do, I guess. That's that's my, uh, what I lament the most about the, like, the past couple of years of Mark Rober's stuff. Because, yeah. like, he's like, all right, th- like, he gives you the backstory, which is cool. He gives you the technical stuff. And then he says... 10 second build montage and i'm it. like there is so much cool stuff there please spin off a second channel at least a second channel you're uh, right yeah yeah but like i like that is an admission that there is so much stuff going on there that is lost um and for people like us i think that would be like something that would really keep our interest I think that's a big thing about it is that like we might be that um, like niche within YouTube of we want the behind the scenes or we want to see how things are actually done. (laughs) We're the few people who wanted to watch how it's made. And I don't think that niche is small, but I think there's there's such a majority who don't necessarily want that or who aren't. Um, as interested in it like they can rank their priorities of like okay a mr beast channel which i was youtubing or googling what mr beast is because (laughs) that's where like for me i've tried to almost like stay away from whatever that super high subscriber any of that type of stuff is um but yeah i i just think that we are different than the mainstream or the majority and so that's where algorithms are going to start morphing, though, towards that majority. And you have to kind of catch on to, okay, who are the people who are producing the content that I want and try to give them comments, likes, and whatever on the content. Like, hey, Mark Roberg, you did a 30-second montage and showed a couple more things. Let me see you know, more of that. And maybe that's how we can start persuading them to go back into uh, more what you actually did instead mm-hmm. of uh, what was the end product, right? We want more process than product. And this is what I'm learning is teaching. It's like I should focus on the process. Are they learning and understanding that side of it? Who cares if you made a great spaghetti bridge or uh, toothpick catapult or something like that? That's not like you can launch something far and all that. That's great. But did you now learn um, you know, how to assemble things better, how to design or plan or draw things better. But I think, yeah, YouTube and Instagram and all of those are moving away from all yeah. of the process. Like the montage looks cool. Time lapse looks cool and is catchy and engaging. But then you get to show the end product. You're like, ooh, look at this thing. And that's <laughs> then the good screen grab. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of going on here. I feel like, George, you had something. No, no, yeah. I'm right there i'm right there with you and i guess this all comes back to like it's kind of like a higher vision of this all right like i don't want to be contributing to like the community that's you know like the the younger people in our community who are watching these videos and honestly they're not learning anything and they're like i want to be a tiktoker and i want to dance and i want to make really like a lot of money up dance like i i think that's great um but I would rather them say, hey, I want to be like the best damn dancer in the world and I hope it's entertaining for people versus, hey, I want like like a tick- TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. They're all funnels of how we get what we do out there. I do not want to be. Um, and again, this is different for like people who do pr- production and directing like they want to be a director of some sort. But like I want to make really cool stuff and I want to teach other people that they can do it, too. And I also want it to be entertaining, of course. Like, I don't want it to be boring for people. Um, but I think it's in that order. And and that's where I was really happy I finished my chess set because it's something I, – I, I stopped doing um, sales for, like, the first quarter of this year because I really wanted to focus on things I wanted to build for. And it, it felt great. Like, it was so nice that I get to focus on myself for a little while. And I miss that. Um, and, and that kind of goes into other things with, with, like, my business I'm trying to figure out too. But – 
but th- but that's what it is like i want to make sure i'm very happy with what i make and i finished up that epoxy chest set. it's exactly what i was hoping it would come out like and i, I like smiled because i was like this is mine like i get to keep this one like, this is like it felt so good and i wanted to like share that feeling with other people more so than you know uh, hey I, I played fred weasley in chess and it's over and, and then you know here's my five seconds of, of excitement type of thing mm-hmm. um but that's just that's just kind of where but i'm struggling because i want to do this for a longer time and and i know that means we have to adapt i don't want to say mm-hmm. stick to the old way because the old way isn't working I'm, I'm seeing that with a lot of creators out like just going through people's channels people are not clicking the traditional um DIY um, view like uh, uh, amount of views to what it used to be, um, but it's interesting because you'll have like like a building video from like a different country where there's no speaking at all, and it's like people like seeing them work with their hands get like th- those get like millions of views, right? Like that's like it's like the different take on it that's grabbing people's attention, I think, and like. The, oh my god how do they do that without any tools and stuff like that so i'm just trying to understand you know how do we adapt to how do you adapt but still stick true to like you know the purpose we're kind of here for making it i guess it's a hard question to answer <laughs> but no it's a good okay. one do you have any thoughts i have you? i have many thoughts um <laughs> and we're gonna have to <clears throat> we're gonna have to roll back a little bit um so I think one of the things that sets uh, Evan and Caitlin's channel apart is that, like, their their personality, the inside jokes, are very much a part of their content, right? Um, they have embraced the entertainment side um, probably far more than the uh, educational, right? Like, they do a lot of projects that are impractical or that are... Um, just more like they they pique your curiosity but you're never going to apply what they learned in your life like how to preserve a pumpkin um (laughs) like things like that are it's it's definitely in the uh educational uh little bit like it's based on like science like dehydration but the vast majority of it is entertainment Mm -hmm. and they've kind of like wrapped their whole brand around that right you look at one of their videos like there are little inside jokes or like little quirks of editing sprinkled throughout like uh whenever someone goofs like they zoom in on the face or like like little noises or like graphics that go over the screen right it's super stylized and you don't really see that in uh like bob claggett's channel or like jimmy Duresta, like you might see like a flash of text on screen of like whoops but it's never like but, they never highlight it they never make a big spectacle but of how it. much do you and enjoy it at the end of bob claggett's videos when they do like the bloopers and you get to see his like true like like they're like little jokes that they don't put in the video but they put at the end i love those parts so maybe that's yeah, maybe yeah, it is. It. like maybe it's the incorporating like the quirkiness of like the trueness behind it don't don't make it all like uh you know perfectly presented and cut out all the bad scenes like like show that you're human and there's like mistakes here and there and and maybe people want to see that i don't know um so i would agree with that but i would also caution you to like maybe not go the whole evan and caitlin route don't try and emulate their editing don't try and emulate their jokes what i think they've done is they've just identified like an honest quirk of their style and they've just run with it um and it it's part of their brand consistency right you you go to one of their videos you kind of know the kind of humor to expect or the kind of jokes that they're going to play in editing with themselves um so it's it's more about finding what is your style right like it can be something super mundane. You look at, um, do you guys follow Doug DeMuro? He does car reviews on YouTube. I don't think so, no. He, he starts his videos in a very distinctive way. And it's just like, that's kind of like his his trademark. And so he's got that style. Um, his reviews are in a certain format where he's not like talking entirely about the specs of a car. He's talking about like interesting, odd little features here and there. And that's what kind of like makes it entertaining. Um, more so than just like, oh, I'm only going to watch his channel if I'm like wanting to buy a car. Um, but so I think for you guys, it's um, if you're tr- if you're struggling to like 
like get traction, um, try just tr uh, establishing a consistent theme uh, or like narrative in your videos. Like for my videos, I don't know if it's it's actually that noticeable, but it's like always like, hey, here's a problem. Here are the steps I go to solve it, and like some kind of tie-in at the end of like, hey, like I succeeded, this is what I learned, whatever. It's it's not a super strong theme, but like that is always the arc that my videos follow. Um, I don't know stylistically, I mean, stylistically, it's the uh, the the talking dissociated voice over everything. <laughs> um, but I mean- But they come and they know what you, they're getting George. from you. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, like this is um, Winston. You're, you're you're still experimenting with a lot of different styles. You're trying to Somehow. figure out, figure out your video. Um, I, I think as whenever you find something, not necessarily that works, but that you feel very comfortable with, um, try bringing that theme through a couple uh, future videos. Well, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you before you answer anything, George, was kind of like, um, I hear even in this conversation, I feel like I've heard this in past ones is like, I want to make things for myself and I want to <laughs> inspire other. And I'm not saying that in a selfish way. Like no, that's right. what you yeah. say. And then I want to inspire and educate others. Like I've heard you say that many times and which is awesome. Like, cause you know, whether you know that you said that or not, it's evident that that's kind of what you want to do in your videos. So, um, whatever style you end up choosing, um, I think really as long as you're doing that, then you're accomplishing what you oh, wanted. And so what I wanted to ask you is um, how many videos have you posted? Sorry, I didn't jump on your YouTube channel. I don't check. even know. Um, Are I you know like... this year I've posted like once a week, almost every week. Um, okay. But in the previous years, it took a while. And I know that that's a big factor because it takes like there's like a statistic out there that shows like mm -hmm. most people to get to 10,000 uh, subscribers have to post something around 500 videos, which is a lot. And then, and then it actually becomes less and less as you, as you get closer to like the million subscriber number. It's, it's just yeah. you, like you're saying, like, I think you're about to say you have to kind of mm -hmm. um, yeah. develop what you're style. Yeah. I was going to say the whole um, Edison thing where it's like, find 10,000 ways it doesn't work. And once you've found all of those, you're probably going to stumble upon the one way that does. But instead of it being something that works, it's something that, as Winston's saying, is like true to you and it most likely will work. You know, like you'll feel confident going into every video because now you have that arc that your video takes and you'll um i know you were talking about like you kind of have a structure now with your videos and yeah. you're already mapping them out so like you clearly are taking steps to get to that point so it almost just seems like that whole waiting game it's a matter of time that you got to get through those 499 videos or maybe for you it's only like 200 videos or something but yeah, like just constantly going through it. And that's something where like, again, now bringing it back to me, I'm kicking myself. That's like, oh, just post things or make things um, or create videos of what you're doing and um, like let them suck for the first 500. Um, find those 500 ways that you're like, OK, I liked, you know, seconds 44 to, you know, <laughs> 56 and i'll keep that type of style or as you were both talking about like evan and caitlin's channel um just recently on the one where i was uh shooting the basketball checking that the hoop yeah, and everything so worked that i made <laughs> um i learned that you can add in sound effects on reels and i'm like wow this is so fun so like i added a fart sound in there but like <laughs> nobody probably listened to it but i was cracking up every single time i watched it i like watched it three times after that and like i'm just laughing there all by myself on the stage and That's thinking funny. like this is so cool and funny that okay, I really should just get into making videos. But I think when we start to realize, like if you open or intro your videos a certain way that, and you like that way, then it's like, oh, okay, I can emulate it um, in the next video. Because um, something I was thinking is like, when I had to intro this one, I was like, oh man, I should have thought this through more because I like the way Winston um, <laughs> always has like a quirky or um, catchy kind of way to get us started. Um, and I think that is fun, like recognizing things that you like about videos um, that you watch or content that you watch, and then just trying to replicate that, like find that spot yeah. in your videos that you can include it. Um, yeah. 
And I I love that because I often will note down like uh, what's uh, four eyes furniture. I love the way he throws a model in and like walks through that before he does the build. And I, I've like, I always wanted to do that for my videos, but then like with the making and the filming and trying to get out once a week, building the actual model for it in fusion, I should just do it. Uh, Cause I like it. I kind of want that to be part of it as well. Um, but like you guys are saying, um, you know, my shop tour video and my tool flip table, which I would say I incorporated a lot more of my, I just kind of posted it because I wanted to just like get those out there. I didn't really overthink. I think I overthink a lot, like too much. And um, I think in those videos, they performed better because I think people could connect with me better. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try that again. I'm going to like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little bit of the mixture where like with this Harry Potter video, it was very structured. It was very, um, a lot of stakes and and like hey you know this might go wrong and this so i'm gonna incorporate that but i'm not as many and i'm gonna talk more throughout it and have the connection throughout it because i don't want i'm realizing i don't want to be you know again i hate to keep using the mr beast because it's just the only one on my head but there's a lot of people out there that you know they go viral because they're going for the short attention span route i guess mm -hmm. All right, let's workshop this real quick. <laughs> um, so I, I think for what you're trying to do, which is to show people something and teach them something, um, look at your videos when you're in, in the edit uh, through the lens of, like, pretend like you have no idea what's being built. You barely saw the thumbnail. The first 30 seconds, do you have a good idea of what's going to Love be that. built? Yeah. Do you explain it well enough What you're just standing at the intro next to it? Do you show off enough of its features that they can follow along like, oh, why is he building that element into it? Um, if, it's, if you can't get a good idea of the steps that you're going to have to do or the kind of thing that you're building, that's when like showing like the the fusion model like bringing it up on screen like as b-roll uh and then like you talk over that um or if you cut to a couple close-ups of like maybe for the flip table like the hinge yeah, portion exactly or like the I legs did. or the casters <laughs> um like just make sure that in the first 30 seconds even 15 20 seconds that the person understands the steps you're going to go mm -hmm. through um carbide uh at one point like they put out a, a long tutorial video on how to build a bluetooth speaker and like they sent me the early draft for feedback and i was like hey like list out like at the beginning of each section like show the step show the completed part before you talk about it hmm. because they just went into like hey now this Here's is the thing one. you're going to build yeah. and i'm going to explain it but they're starting with like a blank canvas like looking at it in the design software and they start drawing it out but the user has no idea what the end goal is right they're like put a circle here, put a circle here, like draw a box around. Like you don't have any context for what you're trying to absorb. And so making sure that like they know what's being built or what the, the key steps in the process are, what are the like things that um, like, if they know what you're building uh, like very well, they have a good idea of what they need to learn to get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, making sure you set them up with enough information ahead of time. Like you don't even need to show the whole thing, but show like key features like that, that the flip part or like just the, some like close-ups of the structure, how you join the legs together into a frame to the, the tabletop. Love that. Um, you just need to give them plenty of context, which is why like in my videos, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I always have like that 10 second montage yes. showing like, like, the, the machining of the little parts and some of the assembly into the finished product. And like, I show that finished product up front because I'm like, I want you to know what you're getting into. And that way they can stay tuned and be like, all right, like that part, that's what I want to learn. And so they'll stay I was going to say that. So like that 10 second reel, like I'm always way more grabbed in man when like you show an operation, I'm like how the hell did you do that? Like, and then I'm like, <laughs> then I'm like waiting to see that scene. So I think that really works out well when, when you like throw in, that reel and it's like wow how the heck did he do that part i really want to find that out and like that operation so 
that that was really solid advice i'm gonna try th this week's video coming up i made my sister another bookshelf for her birthday because uh the chair wouldn't fit into her new york city apartment doorway <laughs> that was fun uh, did so, you leave it on the uh, new york city street and see no i measured it, it before like going there and then it was like this isn't gonna work so then mm -hmm. i made her new ones that are just like uh, a little bit more modern so so i'm gonna try to do that style with this and see how because this is uh, for me like it didn't take a lot of effort um i'm not too concerned i'm not gonna overthink it i'm just gonna try to like incorporate those aspects and see how it like pans out i guess mm -hmm. so so i'm very curious we never got to ask like what you guys are making i'm really curious I'm like sure. how... <laughs> we just jumped right into it yeah we went like right into the top which is awesome but i'd love yeah. to hear what you guys are up to in your your making lives or house buying lives because we didn't even ask Winston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's super depressing. Oh, <laughs> uh, so someone I know like went through like 10, 12 offers before they got a house and I'm at eight oh, right now. God. So I, statistically, <laughs> I should be getting close. Oh, um, good luck, but man. it's just been a, a very long dragged out process. Yeah. Yeah. The, the up and downs, like if you draw it on a chart, it's... It's like a roller coaster, and it's like you start off like kind of like hesitant, optimistic. Uh, you you have that moment of panic when like you make the first bid, and like you understand the ramifications of like the financial decisions you're gonna make and how it's going to affect you. And then like you're waiting, you get the first rejection, it doesn't really affect your morale. Um, and then the second rejection, and your morale starts like slowly stair stepping down, and then. You make an offer and then you get a counter offer and you get a little excited and then you lose it and it goes your mood goes back down and it goes back up like the next time like you reach like that final stage where it's like they're asking for more information and then they tell you they went with a different offer and so it's just up down up down but it's been like stair stepping a little further down with each rejection every up and it just plunges oh at the God. end um and so i don't know it, it it's kind of plateaued at this point like we've got enough like near misses that like the rejection floor is pretty low and i don't think it's going to get any lower i was going to say have you um, gotten numb to it yet i feel like <laughs> after seven or eight you must be approaching um, it. <laughs> we know we know it was a good decision to bid on a house when the feeling of rejection is like like genuine disappointment oh, yeah because like you you yeah, knew like it. oh there was so much potential in that house uh there was a fixer upper we just looked at and the the way the description was written it seemed really geared towards someone who's going to flip the house or an investor because it was like uh like we'll show you the house after like you show us proof of funds oh, wow. or like yeah. or you make an offer or something so it's like it's looking for someone to just be like yeah i'll buy it for like eight hundred thousand, like um no questions asked um and so with that knowledge our agent told us that like most likely they're going like the bids should be fairly conservative because most cash investors um like that's the draw they move quickly they they pay up front um, and the higher they put the less so they we, make on a flip so they're not gonna I try to yeah. go too high so it was listed at like 850 and we bid 880 we got a counter offer we went to 900 and like even then we still got like swatted down it's like nope they went with a higher offer and so it's it's just kind of wild That's crazy but we're also at a point of like historic low in like housing inventory yeah. like it always oscillates right in the summer like or spring to summer like there are more houses because families are ready to move their kids are out of school and then in the winter time it yes. goes down um and then just with covid it's just like uh it's an extra low dip in that graph of houses available. Um, but that doesn't make the process any more fun. It just sort of prepares you for the hardship and the bitterness to follow. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, given how difficult it is just like every weekend, it's like, all right, let's go to a couple open houses. And like everyone's going to the same open houses because once you've filtered it out, um, in the area that we're looking at, there's maybe seven to ten houses that are like desirable meet the specs like two bed three bath that we're looking for and like so seven to ten in a city of like millions <laughs> yeah. like you're you're gonna be competing for the same houses oh, yeah. there was one house that we saw 
like it was very well renovated might have been a flip not sure but like just the inside was like very well done very modern and we made an offer we got to like the the final round of like counter offers um but we found out afterwards that there had been like 130 people who bid on the house oh my yeah 130 yeah wow so if you um, said 13 that would have been like yeah that's a lot (laughs) no 60 people made it to the round of uh, counter offers what is going on jeez that is crazy i mean wow yeah i I don't even know what to say about that because like you said millions of people live in that area and only so many people are going to be moving in and out oh man Uh, the numbers um don't really add up there like yeah i don't know there are people who are just not going to find the house of their dreams and that's an unfortunate reality of living in an urban area where uh, very, like, proportionally, not enough zoning is done for, like, multifamily yeah. homes, townhouses. And so you just have a lot of people competing for houses. Um, come, come to New Jersey. It, There's uh, about, like, four <laughs> new multifamily homes that's very uh, developments being so built right next to mine. I'm using, I'm using the app Redfin, and so I put in my, like... Uh, my home address uh, back in New Jersey just for fun to see what happens. And now it keeps suggesting like uh, houses from New Jersey in addition to hey, LA. Man, come on back and we'll gladly accept I, I scrolled, <laughs> I scrolled through like my feed and like at one point there was like a $700,000 home in LA, like 1300 square feet, like two beds, one bath. And then it was right next to like a $700,000 home from New Jersey. And it's like six bedrooms, three bathrooms, like 3000 square feet. Plenty of room for a shot. It was just, yeah, it's wacky, but good luck, man. Yeah. So, but that has kind of taken up my, all of my free time right now on like on the weekends. It's just like, all right, we got to be ready to, to roll out this new open house. That's just coming out. It was just listed. And, um, so, but I have uh, stepped aside and and told myself like, hey, you should make something because like for your own sanity, for your own practice, you just need to get back yeah. in the shop, even if it's at work, right? At work, I've been doing a lot of design stuff, a lot of testing, but I haven't really just gone on a machine and, and done something for fun. So I, I recently just uh, went to an online laser cutting site and was like, hey, these are blanks that I want that I'm going to machine into coasters. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to make some aluminum drink coasters nice. again, uh, possibly sell some. Uh, I, I know there's a um, there's a couple that I want to give away to like uh, friends in the space industry. Nice, nice. So like I've got this project that I've been mulling over in the back of my head for a while. And I just decided to just pull the trigger. Like my shop's not set up for it, but you know what? nothing will motivate you better than like having the parts in front of you and like ready to go. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've been doing awesome. just to like clear my head and like make a little more progress in my like maker career. Just like buy the parts. Now, if I don't use them now, I'll use them later. It's aluminum. It's not going to rust. Yeah. So just, just take that first step now and maybe your feet will just mindlessly start to follow and you'll fall back into that pattern and get back in the swing of things. I love it. I'm looking forward to these coasters. I want to yeah, see. see what they look like. I'm just int- like starting to try to think. Wow, what are Winston's coasters? Gonna- they're not going to be just square or <laughs> circular. Like there's going to be something cool about. Them. No, it's yeah. it's going to be aerospace mm-hmm. themed. I'll leave it at that. I know. I based off of something that we've talked about on our podcast before. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll ask you after the call. I guess because you- I don't want to okay i don't know <laughs> you should try to get a rock or something from out that has been in space and machine oh, that that, would be, that yeah. would be so cool yeah so like you can buy meteorite exactly. and like one of my buddies has like made a, a wedding band out of it oh really um, that's the, cool the problem is the alloy is really tough to machine because it's like all sorts of random molten space Sounds rock like a problem for and somebody who's pretty so... good at cnc if you ask me <laughs> and knows know. a bunch of different feeds and yes. feed rates <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen this buddy of mine who did that, um, but he said I could have like part of the the leftover oh, slab, wow. 
um so we'll see that's awesome that'd be really cool yeah longer term but i I don't know what to make with that yet but it'd be cool to like do like a little meteorite inlay or something that would be luke i wanted to ask you um Mm -hmm. now that we're talking about cncing you mentioned that you might get a cnc before or are you still down that path or yeah i definitely want to do that um we have one at school and we've been using it i um using it for the robotics team uh not like for anything that i've been wanting to make at home but uh now getting like more use with that one it's just a matter of time for me once once i'm done these things um that are taking up so much of my time um how you were saying george you're like oh i want to do stuff for myself yeah adrian and i we have a list like this is what we're doing in the house like i've already said i'm not doing anything else um like extracurricular after I get through these three things. And um, I want to be able to like finish up a lot of projects that we've been wanting to do in the house. Awesome. Um, well, so yeah. yeah. Winston and I have a surprise if you accept. <laughs> uh, you know, I got started with CNCing, well, first with Maslow, but then Winston yeah. gave me his Shapeoko, you know, shortly after that. Yeah. I'm going to be upgrading my shape Oko to a larger one. So we wanted to offer, if you want, oh, this. Are you guys yeah, well, passing on the torch, man. This thing has made it from oh his machine shop. Oh, my God. So if you want, I would love to give you his old shape Oko so you Dude, can start if, having, getting to see your shop. Yeah, I'm very I serious. We've been playing this for like a month. Like, when is our next <laughs> podcast so we can surprise him <laughs> with it? Dude, I would have made the podcast four weeks ago. <laughs> I wanted no, to like um, kind of hit that it somehow, but I was like, oh, I'll just keep waiting. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I'm not. Even, we'll figure out how I can pick it up and okay, all of perfect. that. Okay, perfect. But thank I'll text you, you after, of course. So bro. much. I'm I just, not even kidding. I just got the shipping wow. notification from Shape Carbide that I'm getting my. I'm just getting one that's a little bit bigger for some projects. Mm-hmm. I was like. You know, I really want to pass this on like Winston did for me. And like, I just want Luke's the perfect guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. That is awesome. Like, thank you, Winston, for passing it on to George (laughs) and George for paying it forward and uh, passing it on. This is going to be like the most popular CNC machine ever because it's going to be touched by like so many makers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, that that is awesome. Seriously. Um, Thank you so much. Oh, man. I can think of no better legacy for that machine than like getting more and more people started wow. so yeah uh, it, that i mean right there george like that is and winston I, I know like you educate so many people whether that's your vision or goal or whatever or not like you guys right there by pushing that along it's doing exactly what you want it to do like i now need to learn all the feeds i'm gonna be now like really studying at school it gets you okay. going man all right let me write this stuff down man that that is unreal Thank you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy we got to see your face and like do it like this together. Yeah. This is in, this is instead awesome. of just my forehead like just earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll shoot you a text after and uh, we'll figure out how to get it to you. But yeah, I'm, I'm All right. now now you gotta like now you gotta make videos with it. Now we gotta oh, see yeah. what you make with this thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should make a video of how I'm gonna like set up my shop because that yeah. I've um we've done this like house priority upgrade list. Uh, Because we had to get, like, the roof redone. Our furnace went. Like, we had stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, luckily, we were able to, like, take care of those things that needed to be done. And uh, what is it? The den and um, laundry room area. Those uh, connect to the garage. So, we're kind of going to try to do all of that after robotics and stuff. It sounds really big, but it's uh, relatively tight (laughs) space. So, and it's really, it's all connected. So, yeah, I'm... Now, now I can start thinking like, all right, where does the CNC go? And yeah, this is start awesome. Start thinking it through. I'll yeah. send you. I'll send you pictures and met, like, if you want the enclosure too, you can have it. Let me know, okay. and we'll we'll figure all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that that is so cool. Oh man, I'm glad that I uh, jumped on the call. Then like, this is, <laughs> mate, yeah. Seeing you guys talking, to you guys obviously that was that's great. But wow, but this I'm, is better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, just I'm just thinking about it. Like every time I've thought about it at school, like oh, I wonder if you know would it be okay if you know during the summer I can come in and just like get used to it and work with it. But like no, now no, now, now I have one. Man. I don't I don't have anything stopping me. So that's so cool. Awesome, dude! I'm oh, so man. happy. To, I'm so happy you're yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, 
it just it unlocks and like that's something that i like i'm sitting in front of my cricket my heat press and um i'm in the room that it might not look it but like behind me is actually yeah somewhat organized and that was a big thing is like trying to get um stuff set up and uh in here because i do just want to keep acquiring different tools like welding i we've talked about that a few times um just getting used to using a whole bunch of different things. Um, as I started talking about the stage and the set, like I got to use this, uh, like a scissor lift and I, I like use that oh, to cool. hang things. Like, it's just so fun. Like I'm driving oh, around, I'm like, cool. right, I'm going to go 20 feet up in the air and move around the stage. And <laughs> I just love using that. So I'm like, I got to get some bulldozers and like bobcats and stuff next. <laughs> and I just keep thinking like, what is the next thing next? I don't know, machine or tool or, um or vehicle now that i could use or learn how to use um so oh, yeah. yeah cnc is perfect that's like, that that's that it. is the next step yeah <laughs> so cool that's oh, awesome man. dude yeah very excited but, um, to see you happy man <laughs> yeah i know we're coming up at least for me like i do yeah need to i wanted to end it with that soon. i figured i figured that'd be yeah. like the perfect like uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah we now how are we gonna get our content out there like we need i need like a big you know whoa surprise face or something <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when when you hand it off to me or something there we'll have to have like a fireworks in the background yeah and, we could do uh, something for sure yeah that'd yeah be... <laughs> That, that, but, um, that worked out well awesome man yeah, yeah. Well, well it's been a pleasure Winston, guys <laughs> i really hope that there's like 129 people in the la area who don't go to the open house that you plan on going to this weekend <laughs> so that they are not offering near what you are offering and yeah that you can you grab it, a man. house i hope so, you yeah. get the house you want that'd be very yeah. fortunate because yeah. yeah. <laughs> what i keep thinking and i know like we'll end it shortly is um whoever ends up buying winston's home one day we'll like break into the drywall like what is this part and there's gonna be like this cnc perfect like something or other that's holding up a stud or like i just keep thinking there's gonna be all these really cool treasures that are just kind of found throughout where he's like i could probably 3d print this or let me just cnc out this bracket and that'll hold everything together um so yeah that's actually awesome you'll have some pretty cool i i feel very yeah, likely. I feel like there will be some cool videos that come out, um, some interesting products or parts made for your house. So yeah, awesome yeah. for sure. I got to start thinking about that. Like my legacy. Like what do I hide <laughs> yeah. behind the walls? Yeah. Oh man! Instead oh, of like awesome. those secret bookshelf doors, you could just like no, don't worry. You have to actually find it in this house. Once you buy it, you got to start like chipping away at the walls or you have like looking... a graveyard for broken bits and the... <laughs> every <laughs> yeah. broken bit you ever. Had. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. Nice. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, it's been it's been awesome. I hope we get together again soon, um, mm-hmm. and I'll be seeing you soon, Luke, to bring you the CNC, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. All right, guys. Catch yeah. you on the next one. Awesome yeah. talk. See, See ya. Later.